welcome to another episode of the Africa Business of Sport podcast with myself, Adam Steele, and my ever-present co-host, Jabu Mtua. Today, we have with us a seasoned individual in the sports business industry who is really raising the flag of Africa, South Africa to be particular, high when it comes to excellence within the sporting field. He's an individual who has made it possible for a number of us to enjoy the Premier League and other top competitions here in Africa and really and truly get to be a part of that generation that was privileged enough to be a part of the global games because I'm very sure from his conversation, his generation didn't really have that. But Jabu, not to talk too much, who do we have for our audience today? We have, as you said, a seasoned professional uh, within the sports media market working across Africa to bring the biggest competitions and the broadcasting rights of those competitions to Africa and essentially giving visibility to all the African sport that happens here, but also bringing global sport to our screens in Africa. Today, it's such an honor to have the founding director of Sports Media Africa, Temba Joana. Temba, what an honor and privilege it is to have you on the podcast. Welcome. Uh, thank you, Jabu. Uh, thank you, Adam. Uh, it's, a, it's a privilege to be here on your platform. People might know you from your work at Sports Media Africa only, but could you just take us through your career journey in almost setting out a path to how you got to Sports Media Africa? Yeah, uh, well, it's a long journey. I don't know how much time you've got. <laughs> All day for you. <laughs> yeah. Um, essentially, I, I, I think I'll, I'll, I'll just outline my, you know, my inspiration and motivation to bring sports. And it's, it's, it wasn't just a career choice. I think it's something that chose me instead of me really consciously choosing it. Um, you know, and I think I want to just go back a little bit to, to give you a bit, better context of my life. So I was born in, um, in South Africa, in the Eastern Cape, um, during apartheid South Africa. And, um, you know, as you know, I mean, it's well documented in terms of how the apartheid regime was uh, inhumane and brutal. And it brought the worst out of course, society and, and just hu human beings in general. And um, I remember in the dusty streets of uh, the Eastern Cape Township that I, I, I grew up in called Ezebelini. And we used to have these uh, teams called Mbappo team. I don't know if you, uh, in this generation they have it. We used to take off our shirts right, when we were playing football that time or rugby. And you take off the shirts and you call it Mbambo because it's showing your ribs. And I think during apartheid, that was the best time of my life. And what it taught me, but this is kind of in hindsight and uh, really looking back, is that, you know, even though apartheid was brutal and gloomy, I mean, if you, I, I don't know, maybe Jabu is still young, but um, it was a gloomy time in our, our country's history. But when we were there on those football pitches with the makeshift balls, it was a, a different environment, a different reality for us. Because what sport did actually took us and transported us into another universe, another reality. And we're the happiest of kids when we played that. And that that was the first, in my opinion, relationship that I had with sports. And I also remember growing up, my father used to wake me up early in the morning, about 3 o'clock, 4 o'clock in the morning, and we used to go and watch the Old Blacks play against South Africa then. 
back then, right? Uh, you know, but they, and we're all churning for the, <laughs> for the old blacks. And I, I couldn't understand because this is, this is, uh, this is supposedly our country and Springboks represent South Africa. But I got to understand the role of sports that it had that time, that it was used as a strategic tool to fight against the apartheid, a system that was so brutal and so um, inhumane. And in sports, as part of the anti-apartheid movement, was one of the key tools and, and, and really key drivers of actually the fall of apartheid, right? The, the ostracization of uh, South African sports and apartheid sports from the national community actually contributed to that. So sports was a really powerful thing. And top it all off, I saw how sports was during 1995 Rugby World Cup when Nelson Mandela used sports as a strategic tool to forge a nation out of two warring races, you know, and, and really create this, this tool that will unify us and we will see each other, uh, not as races, but as one nation. So, you know, so for me, sports taught me a lot of things, just not about playing. I played sports, I played uh, in university rugby, uh, um, of obviously from high school until rugby, uh, sorry, until uh, university. And it, it taught me so many things about being a team player, your character, your personality. But also the most important thing that sports can be a strategic tool for good. So those were the things that informed me um, to subconsciously or consciously to go into sports, right? And and when I was exposed, I think there was I think it was back in two thousand six when I was having a conversation with one of my friends, and we we're just talking about the South African World Cup as it was coming in two thousand ten. And we, we stumbled across a report that was created by a, a a New Zealand consultancy, right? Sports consultancy for the Singapore Sports Council. And essentially what it was, it was a holistic overview of, of the sports economy. And I was kind of blown away in terms of how powerful and omnipotent a sports economy can be. And that actually informed me that out of all the things, this was what I was looking for. From an A, I was, I mean, I did a degree in IT and I was working in the IT sector uh, for a bank here in London. And from then I just switched. I went and did an MSc in Africa, in sports, sorry, in sports media, uh, sports business and economy in, in, in Birkbeck University um, of University of London. So. Those are the things that actually informed me about sports. And from then, it has been a roller coaster. It's been really living my dream. Um, so that's, that's a bit of a context about me. Just the introduction alone, I must, I must, I must confess, uh, my brother, it's been so powerful for me because you name dropped so many very important things to me, which I even mentioned prior to the beginning of recording, which was the role that Madiba played and really transcending sports and fighting apartheid and how also, just like Jabu and I, you're very passionate about media. You love research because you saw the recent paper and you're blown away. And similar to my journey and even Jabu's journey, you have a certification in sports business, which is really, really powerful. So finding the 
levels where we connect together has just made me very excited. Let's dive in straight into sports media Africa. What was the mission, the vision, the values, the perceptive benefits and every potential opportunity that you saw prior to you coming to the realization that sports media Africa needs to happen to move sports in Africa to a different level? Because of course, for you, unlike us, you didn't get benefit from all the options we have right now with the games that we watch and even the providers that we go to. But you made it you made a goal of yours to make that reality. The most important thing for me, Adam, is this. Sports and strategic tool can be used to connect people and find each other there. And that's the basic philosophy. I think for us, what Nessa Mandela said about sport, sport has the power to change the world. I mean, that's an, a very powerful statement. And we think that, I think, from my perspective, if we can use sports as a strategic tool for social economic development in Africa, guiding the other sectors or really policies, that could be a very powerful thing. And I think we haven't started to do that. Um, the African sports industry is looking for ideas to actually drive it forward. So the, the philosophical background for us is, is actually sports as an only potent tool. And what is our vision? And then for us, we see it as a, as, as a, we're going to be a key catalyst for the development of the African sports. By catalyst, we mean we will assist and inject capacity when there is where we see that there's lack and there's really need, there's a need or requirement for help. So we're using our capabilities from a production perspective, from a distribution perspective, and commercial monetization perspective to help African sports develop. And I think from us, we're looking at it this way. If we are able to, to generate content, right, so work with workers, um, work with um, federation leagues, really rights holders and clubs to generate content that is going to be dis distributed en masse to the African public. Now, if we look at it from this perspective, a lot of Africans at the moment um, are consuming content on their phones, right? A lot of people got mobile phones, a lot of people got mobile internet, right? And they're young. I mean, you got this young, vibrant population in Africa. Um, they are really thirsty for content, right? And you got these rights holders from clubs, federations, players, athletes, right? Um, who are largely untapped, largely not producing enough or maximizing on their assets. So for us, we look at it from that perspective. We are the the people want to help they, these rights holders maximize on their assets and, and they make the optimum value from the properties that they have. So that is our mission. Our mission is to connect, connect rights holders with their fans and provide value 
for everything, for, for all the stakeholders involved. That's fascinating. And for me, it's even more interesting maybe to dig deeper into that because you are, you know, Sports Media Africa is working or is providing all these services within Africa, which is a very um, unique environment for sports media to operate. So in your experiences, um, in engaging with rights holders over the past few years, distributing sports TV rights, indicating sports programming throughout Africa and throughout sub-Saharan Africa in particular, what have your experiences been of the challenges and the opportunities in Africa in particular? Well, I mean, just on the sports media uh, market and, and landscape, first of all, there's, we need to make a differentiation between two, uh, between the between content, that is sports rights. There's the international sports rights, and then there's the kind of local African sports uh, uh, rights or market. My experience, and which has largely been in international sports rights distribution, there is an appetite within the broadcasting market for international rights, but premium rights. The main challenges have been, obviously, the affordability of these rights. Premium rights are very expensive. So I've, I've personally, and the company has also been involved in the distribution of premium rights from the EPL, Champions League, Bundesliga, and you name it, La Liga, you name it. I've done it in, in Africa. I don't think there is any premium right, especially in the football rights, that I have not been involved in this distribution across the free-to-air market. And and we right now, as a sports media Africa, we have uh, the DFB Cup rights, which is the FA Cup of Germany. We've got um, we work with his own and, and FIBA on the distribution of qualifiers for the World Cup, hopefully. We'll extend that into the actual World Cup. Uh, works with Boxer. Boxer is a boxing promoter in the UK that actually uh, we distribute some of their rights across some of their uh, some of the territories in Africa. And and, and the, 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 there's some other things as well that we're doing. I mean, work with the various rights holders, uh, technology providers uh, in Africa. Uh, sorry, across the world to come in and bring some of their rights into Africa. So those are the things, but. The most important things with this, with all this international intervention, is the African market conducive for those services, right? And you find that some of it is not, because it is is the irrelevance of it to the African market. And you find that if you're just distributing content to the broadcasters, first of all, the broadcasters they have got to make they've got to make a big business case that. There is a, a viability to content because if it's premium, obviously it's going to cost more than the average content that they acquire. But if it does then cost more, how do they then get the necessary revenue to be able to afford this? Right. So the affordability is a you know it's it's a critical thing, and then. Is the advertisement market and also sponsorship market in these African countries um, viable enough for this for these rights? And to some extent, you know, we, as rights holders, who are okay, as distributors, we're distributing, uh, Af, you know, these premium sports rights. It is has been lately a tough market and because of various things, uh, you know the. 
the nature of the market is changing. You know, uh, digital uh, migration and, and, and you know, the disruption of digital platforms is really having an impact, not just in Africa, but across the world. So there are kind of realities that we, we are faced with. But what is absolutely important, and I, need, I think we need to stress on this, right? The African domestic sports rights market or sports media market is in its inf in infancy. And as it is in its infancy, is that it, we don't have um, already made markets where this international rights come in and then they just plug into that. You have a, in a dormant, domestic market that is not, um, you know, uh, uh, that doesn't, cannot accommodate these international rights. Hence, you feel that these international rights become a burden to the protesters. So for, for us to have, look, you can take the EPL to America, Australia, because those domestic markets, sports markets, are also uh, developed. It's easy to t just tap them in and sorry to actually put them in there, and they and, and and they can you know generate significant revenue from that, right? So the investor realizes their return. But in the African market, just Basel Africa, okay, and maybe Basel Africa only you find that it's very hard for international rights market, so international rights holders to make money on those markets. So those are the challenges that we're facing. It's really truly powerful when you mention things that affect, that relate to relevance, reports for rights, and ability with the gains here to Africa, giving us good analysis of marketing industry. The three things that kept resonating to me as we were speaking was the fact that on that affordability level, it was affordable. And then when the two other really viable level, it wasn't really viable. Yet still, Sports Media Africa wedge bets, the, the extra mile, to make these sports and events available on the continent, on the continent because it was rather looking at the qualitative value rather than the quantitative value in the short term. And prior to this conversation, I was listening to episode 9 of our podcast, where Jago and I look at the broadcasting and TV rights of the business, the people work up very early on with the podcast. And that was we also spoke about how it was very powerful for the individuals involved to have more or less, you know, taking up the cost in order to bring a new form of reality when it comes to broadcasting and see the experience for price because, of course, in the long term, it will start to scale up. And I believe this is a perfect segue into the topic where we ask you how can African sports properties develop the value of their sports media broadcasting rights so that they become very lucrative? And a perfect example, which uses the upcoming African Super League, which will kick off in August. I remember Infantino and Musepi said that they want to create a, a competition that is so powerful a world rival the likes of the UFA champions and in other club competition. So in this situation, how can we prepare ourselves? How can the sporting properties of this continent prepare ourselves for something like that? All right. I think the Super League is um, 
my opinion, a great initiative. Um, uh, it's, you know, with any great idea, it is, it, it is, it, it is in its execution and tons of the benefits that that would determine if it is indeed a great project, you know? Um, I mean, for, 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 for just on paper, I think it's something that could be, uh, that could work. Um, so just like the basketball African league, um, these are great initiatives, these are great products, but what, what it really shows to me, um, is that if I have in the NBA and FIBA can invest in these new properties, new assets, that shows that there is a huge business case in African sports. Okay? We have not begun. Okay? We, in, in my opinion, parts of Africa where you have the likes of super sports and, and other uh, kind of really great brands, we have not actually done its, we have not really begun its development. Now, I also fundamentally believe this, Adam and Jabu, that African sports under development, current under development, it is greatest opportunity, right? What do I mean by that? Because we are not developed, it means that there are a lot of opportunities for us to to to, to make it. Now, let's look at uh, the super league, the African Super League that you just proposed, right? What it, it will do, it will create an elite club uh, competition that will, um, you know, that that will. Showcase the very best of African sports, okay, uh, out there and African football to to Africans but to the world. And it, it, we also think that through this, um, there there will be trickle down effects. This is our hope that it it actually, and this is also with a ball of uh, at the NBA, is that these things actually become catalysts for other things come up, whether it be talent and, and, and development, which is, you know, the people involved in that, whether it's just the entrepreneurs, like ourselves, whether we're providing a, a production, even you guys, whether you, you know, you know, the, 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 the behind the scenes things, the, the interviews, the, the production, the distribution, this commercial and sales, that in our opinion, if 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 something that actually benefits the whole uh, kind of economic value chain of Africa, right? Those are the things that we need. Okay, and, and I think the Super League as an entity and as an idea is a great, great one. It will catapult the African football um, kind of football market in a different league, maybe then this can be enjoyed in other international markets. In the context of what you're saying right now and um, sticking to the Super League and the idea that it could possibly catapult um, into one of the leading sports properties in the world, in recent years, I'm sure you'd agree that we've seen a shift in the distribution of sports broadcasting rights with OTT platforms and social media channels playing an increasingly prominent role. So, how do you see this trend impacting the traditional broadcast model in Africa? And what challenges and opportunities does it present for 
companies like Sports Media Africa in terms of commercializing and distributing those rights? Very important question in Nigeria. I think I'll, I'll only speak to what we're doing to that, right? Um, and I think for us, we're looking at African sports market in a very holistic way, right? Um, and we, I think we also understand the nature and structure of this economy, okay? So what do I mean by that? The media sector that we are primarily involved in is part of a component of a larger economy that is a sports economy in Africa. So, and we also understand that because of its underdevelopment, the, the media sector in Africa, sports media sector, you need to have an input into the whole media venue chain, okay? To be able to, to, to derive and get really great products, media products. But what do I mean by that? We have invested ourselves into production, okay? One, production. So what do I, we're going to create programs that actually showcase the talent that exists in Africa. One pro project is a trifecta. Trifecta is a, is a, is a TV series, with TV reality series that will identify talented rugby players in schools. And we also want to be involved in the distribution, that is creating digital platforms. Um, so we have a sports news aggregation service in Safaricom in Kenya, and we are also launching an OTT platform uh, in the near future. So that one is an development. Now to answer your question, uh, Agile Business, right? There is a symbiosis, especially in Africa, between traditional media and digital media. It's not, digital media is no longer just viewed as a marketing uh, a platform, okay? You market traditional, no. It is a, 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 a commercial opportunity for the rights holder, but you need to know what you're doing. Now, for us, we can look at, we're still gonna stick to our model of distributing rights to the broadcasters, okay? We want that model has actually made us who we are. We're not going to change that, but we're still going to have complementary digital services. And this is where we can scale up in our opinion, because that on that aspect, it we as Africans have not really, uh, you know, really focused on that development in terms of the digital services uh, for the African consumer and really tapping into the different segments of the digital market in Africa, especially the sports fans. For me, anytime I reflect more on what is coming for sports fans on this continent, I'm somewhat excited because I know the efforts we need to team people to understand it. And this is actually a very good segue into the last topic which focuses with you on fire engagement. We know that in Africa we are not very Playbacks for our music, the Norbert, but our arts, our dance, our simple art. And you see right now that there's a global, much more in this approach to sports. 
as compared to back then where it was just a game of basketball football the going to play football right now arts music entertainment culture and everything is linking up very well with sports the video was one of the artists that performed in the final of the people world cup when boy will be the headline our team sport the final of the mutual champions you saw that this year the up the uh association of national olympic committee in africa will be posting the second african beach games at hamamet in tunisia from 24th june 30th june now that is going to bring entertainment it's going to bring music for the games like beach volleyball beach soccer so many other games there how can we integrate popping the different forms of arts and as i say with music and dance with food two sports in africa yeah where all our holistic events will be growing and it will be much more viable for the international community because of course whatever sport you have here it's already some of me done abroad and we try to the games abroad we need to create scenarios where my board mouth flight means here and the point yeah great question i think the integration of sports and entertainment is a no-brainer in africa it shouldn't be even something that we in debate in my opinion it is it's quite puzzling why we it's not that much prevalent at the moment that and especially we don't see it in the international market where we have the likes of uh, Afrobeats and also, you know, uh, 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 Amapiano being really great cultural phenomenons from Africa and great cultural exports of Africa, okay? Um, and not using or leveraging on those platforms that these guys, uh, that these uh, genres have created um, in the international markets to further our other objectives and the other objective is the sports and as you know you know we in america the super bowl you know the halftime break uh we have that performance is one of the greatest um things that people look for look look out for uh, for the super bowl that is an integration of sports and entertainment there okay and we have great cultural uh brands and I was just talking, I think in our previous conversation with Jabu is that, you know, um, South Africa has got, you know, a, a, a history of cultural legacy, international cultural legacy. Um, and we have not really leveraged on that and created cultural landmarks across the world because we can't do that. Now, that, that speaks to us in terms of understanding our own African cultural economy and 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 what potency it has abroad and 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 music has been a trailblazer for us internationally what i do not understand now is that why we haven't actually you know leverage on it and taken it into the other market so here i mean in even south africa we have people like uh, black coffee who's a great south african um symbol why can't black coffee and sia colisi right who's also another international artist but not baby not well known like uh, like black coffee, you know, take its the South African rugby brand abroad, and that we can and actually actually open up new markets. We can open up new markets for the, that brand, and and they eat that association is actually a very synergetic association where. A sport can actually open up new avenues for music, and music can open up new avenues 
for, for sport. So that has symbiosis that we need to look into and actually look at integrating these guys, these uh, musicians into our own venue, venue chain as, 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 kind of, as, as a kind of sports media industry. How do we do that? It's, I don't think it's, it's, it's a, I think, I don't think it's hard. It's a no brainer. You have, I think, um, I think Davido was once included into a, you know, a, an analysis or, or commentary of, you know, Nigerian football team Diamond in Tanzania. I think he was also involved in some capacity in, in, in football and in sports. And these are the, the people that we can use, right? To leverage on, especially as influencers in, in, in music who have really international pedigree that we can all, we, we, we can all learn from and also leverage on. I think it's a significant own goal for lack of a better word that Africa has not really leveraged the power of how we are cultural pioneers within the world. I think that we cultural pioneers, if you see how quickly, yeah, how quickly Afropop and um, Amapiano, as you say, Temba, has quickly and rapidly spread throughout the world. Now imagine if you are bundling that together or you're associating that growth also with sports. I mean, why don't we have Burner Boy performing at the final of the AFCON? Why don't we have more artists being involved in those capacities, as you say, Timber, to really engage fans who might not be sports fans, but are fans of Burner Boy, for example, but I'll watch that match because Burner Boy is going to be there. I think it's a significant opportunity in that. And this is something Adam and I speak about quite a lot, that sportainment, which is um, sport and entertainment coming together, if that can really take off in Africa and there are strategies that are deliberately focused on developing that synergy and association of the two, we could truly see sport catapult into one of the biggest within the world. I think already in terms of music and art and entertainment, Africa is right up there. But how do we bring sports onto the journey in your opinion, Tim? Obviously, look, if I'm an artist, it's, it's an underlying value that I'm going to derive from that association. Okay. Um, if, if you're a Brunner boy or you are Black Coffee, I mean, these are global stars, right? These are global stars. And to bring them on something like this, there has to be a value that they're going to generate out of it, most definitely. Okay. Now, we need to get our act together, right? As sports media professionals, companies, and so forth. The sports media market in Africa is going to get their act together. We've got to start producing uh, really world-class uh, uh, products. Okay? We need to start producing world-class products, um, which we've seen, I mean, now in South Africa, in Nigeria, in Kenya, there are some really world-class products that are coming out, right? We need to produce that. that by the same time, we need to have now, the vision of our products has got to be very clear. So for us, um, we are looking at African market as a great opportunity. So working with leagues, working with federations, working with really diverse uh, 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 rights holders, and you know, from rugby to 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 football and other ones, um, and looking at what kind of capacity can we inject. So we're not coming with new ideas. No? We're coming with capacity. What kind of capacity can we inject to actually grow your uh, value proposition as a rights holder? 
That's the most important thing for us. Okay, you got an asset. We think your asset is undervalued. We think your asset has got legs, it's got local traction. If we can put this into this, that is inject some of whether it's production, whether it's distribution, whether it's commercialization, whether it's partnerships, we'll do that, right? Then the ultimate aim is to create a product that is going to be world-class, that is going to have local, um, local traction, right? So I look at watching that it's going to be viable on the ground. The fans are going to love it. And your followers are going to love it. The sponsors are going to love it. The broadcasters are going to create value from it. But at the same time, then take this as authentically African as it is to the international market. Because the reason why Black Coffee and Bunda Boy are these great assets that they are today is because they are very authentic. They're unique. And this is what for us as Africans, uh, as, well, as sports media practitioners and entrepreneurs, I need to do. We we can learn from other people for sure, but what the international world is looking for is an authentically African product, and that's what we are. We want to create. We want to create new products out there that don't mimic anybody, but actually are showing the African sports version. You know, the African version of sports to the world, and people will love that. So there are great examples, Jango, and I don't know if you've heard about Senegalese wrestling, right? If, if, if you haven't read about it or, or heard about it, right, Senegalese wrestling is a huge sport in Senegal, right? It is number one sport in Senegal. Football is second. You never heard that in Africa. Check it out. That's unbelievable. <laughs> Check it out. Check it out. Check wow. it out. Senegalese wrestling, I mean, I was privileged to have been there and sit in myself. It's a huge boss. Those guys are gods in, in terms of how they're built, how they are, uh, how they train, the, the whole stadium atmosphere, their dances, their everything. That is an authentically African sport. And it's a professional sport in Senegal. It's a professional sport. Now take that into the world. Create content. Take that to the world. That's a unique proposition, right? Uh, there's a Dumb Warriors in, in, in Nigeria, right? And there are these things. But now come to the border region in South Africa, border rugby union region, and see the enthusiasm the fans and and really the, a different atmosphere of rugby that we are accustomed to to the other Arabic unions and these are the things that the, the international world in fact what the local market like about themselves right is that is that authenticity the uniqueness and for us that's the that's the most important thing that taking and finding that uniqueness not tempering with it but actually enhancing it and take it and take it to the world. September, my brother, thank you very much for coming on to the Africa Visiting Sport Podcast to come and really share your experience and rich insight on how the media broadcasting experiences the potential to move forward and how Africa can really grow for medicine, sports, arts, making and entertaining like jobs for entertainment together. Adam and Jabu, it was a pleasure, my brothers.
Um, I'm really grateful for this opportunity to have a, a dialogue with you and share my ideas with you. And I mean, I've, I've also looked at you, um, sorry, listened to your podcast. And I think uh, you guys are going places and I wish you all the best in the future. For our audience, thank you very much for joining us this week. It's nice to truly fascinating episode. Thank you very much once again. So next week, we meet again. Bye.